Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very senior and accomplished professional from Shanghai, China, Mr. Jamie Dixon. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's very nice to be with Thank you. Thank uh, Jamie is a leadership coach and trainer, and he's an author. Uh, he's an author of three books. So, uh, Jamie, before we start talking coaching, uh, tell me a little bit about your own journey and what took you to China 16 years ago. Mm. <clears throat> so 16 years ago, I had just graduated from university and I was working in a coffee shop, mm -hmm. which is not really what you want to be doing after mm -hmm. you've just graduated from university. Mm. And I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I just knew I didn't want to work in this coffee shop. And so after an argument with my girlfriend one day and being scolded for making rubbish coffees mm -hmm. at the same time, I just thought, ah, to hell with this. I, I need to get away. And I knew that going to teach English abroad was, mm -hmm. uh, was a very good option for someone like myself. So mm -hmm. I submitted my CV to uh, teaching English as a foreign language website. Mm -hmm. A few hours later, I calmed down and thought, maybe I'm overreacting. But mm. the next morning when I woke up, um, I had job offers from all over the world. Okay. And um, any one of these job offers would have been so much better than going back and working in the coffee shop. And so mm -hmm. long story short, I accepted one in China uh, and they needed me there three weeks later. And so everything happened in such a rush. I had to break up with my girlfriend, quit my job, move back home for a little while, go to London, get the visa, get everything else sorted. I didn't have time to think about what I was doing. Oh um, and it was only a few weeks later after I'd arrived in China that I realized, oh, crap, I'm I'm in China. Mm. So um, <clears throat> I uh, that's how I came to China. Amazing. And I started as an English teacher, worked as an English teacher for a few years, learned Mandarin on the side, used that to work my way into corporate, did that for a few years. Uh, decided I prefer working with corporates from the outside mm -hmm. instead of the inside. Uh, left and started as a trainer and leadership coach. And yeah, um, that's where I'm at today. Amazing. As well. Amazing. So, you know, when I was reading about you, you state that Chinese culture has had a profound impact on your thinking. Mm. Let me understand what aspects of uh, Chinese culture have impacted you and give me some examples. Mm. So one aspect is the just the practical nature of mm. their thinking. Um, as an example, I've worked with a lot of international training companies delivering mm. their leadership development programs over here. And I've noticed a very big difference between how training is designed in Europe or America and what the Chinese are expecting. And in Europe and America, the tendency is to start with, you know, bit of theory, you know, why is this important? Mm -hmm. And what should we do exactly? And then the how part is a discussion and mm -hmm. you've got to go figure out the how part on your own. Whereas in China, the how part is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. That That's all they care about. And they don't want to waste time with all of this discussion about theory and mm -hmm. thinking things through. Tell me how I solve my goddamn problems. Mm -hmm. That is what they care about the most. And you see this in a lot of aspects of Chinese culture. I mean, I remember when I first came to China, mm. I went up the the Jin Mao Tower in Shanghai, 
mm-hmm. which at the time was the fourth tallest building in the world. Mm-hmm. And six months later, I went back to that same area and there was another skyscraper just opposite, which was even taller and wasn't completed the last time I was there. Mm. They just do things at a ridiculous pace. Mm. So they're all about execution over here, just doing, Mm. doing, 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 doing. Mm. And I really appreciate that. And I'd say the other thing I really appreciate is the pragmatism Mm. of the Chinese people. And there's a great saying from Deng Xiaoping, the the ex-Chinese leader, it doesn't matter if a cat it doesn't matter if a cat is black or white so long as it catches rats yep. uh, and that is pragmatism in a nutshell it's about letting go of ideology and just focusing on results mm. and so um you know I, I won't go into politics or anything but no, that's one no. thing mm. yeah that's one thing i've appreciated about living it's in china that's yeah i don't have to have political conversations with people. Oh, absolutely. Just and and my, 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 my podcast platform is not a, a political platform at all. So, mm. uh, JV, moving on now about coaching. You know, I started uh, working for uh, British American Tobacco Tobacco when I was 17, uh, when, in 1979, when I was 22 years old. And I remember in those days in early 80s, coaching or mentoring was done either by a family elder or mm. by someone senior in a company who took a liking to you. Mm. What has changed in the world of coaching that it has become a profession and people are willing to pay for it? Mm. That's a good question. And, <clears throat> you know, I, I came to the profession a lot later than you first encountered it. So I, I, I didn't see um, I, I didn't see it in, the, in those earlier days. Mm. I think, um, for example, with a lot of, local companies i remember i used to work i i used to work for amway china mm-hmm. and uh, amway china's business model is you know your friends or family members sell you their products yeah. and you can build a business that way and so a lot of the amway distributors or salespeople were people from out in the countryside who had very limited education mm-hmm. and amway wanted to do a really really thorough job in training them up Mm. And I remember introducing the concept of coaching to one of these people. Mm. And they were they were like, so hang on a minute. I pay you and all you do is ask me questions. <laughs> uh, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. <laughs> and so there is a lot of that mindset. And I, I, I would say coaching is a lot more um, widespread in the international co- uh, companies than the mm. local companies, mm. I, I think, because there's still that mindset of, you know, I, I just want to do things. I don't have time to learn things. I, I'm just interested in doing. Mm. I think um, in the more international companies, you have people who have naturally been exposed to different ways of thinking and a, a lot of um, thought leaders from US, for example, where I, I, I think that is probably the, uh, the capital of leadership development in the world. Mm. And, and And they recognize that, you know, thinking, being able to get your thinking straight mm. gives you an edge in a competitive mm. world because it it's very, very easy to, you know, it's like taking off an airplane. Mm. You want to fly from Shanghai to New Delhi, you've got to take off at the right angle. Correct. If you get the angle wrong very early on in the flight, you go to the Arctic or mm. somewhere else. Mm. And 
I think that's how that that's what coaching helps people with. Mm-hmm. It helps them get the right angle on their thinking and think things through. Mm-hmm. And people recognize that this is an edge in an extremely competitive world Wonderful. and that they need, they need help. It's, mm-hmm. it's not easy. <laughs> Thank you for a great response. So, Jamie, you're a, you're a leadership <clears throat> coach. Mm. How do you define leadership? How do I define leadership? That's a very good question. I, I, I think leadership has several aspects to it. But I think um, for me, the part I'm most important, uh, I'm most interested in is the people part, the mm-hmm. people side of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's also things about strategy and uh, you know, business acumen. Uh, those are very important parts of leadership, but I'm I'm not so interested in those parts. Mm-hmm. So for me, the people side of leadership thing uh, of leadership is about being able to get people aligned, get them on board, and get them working in the same direction. Mm. Uh, and there's all sorts of ways of achieving that, but that's ultimately what it's about. Mm. And it requires that a leader is able to articulate their vision articulate a clear direction, um, build relationships with people, motivate people in the way they need to be motivated mm. at the, in the right time and so on. So it's about bringing people on board, getting them together and getting them all working towards a mm. common direction. Mm. That, that's what the people side of leadership means. To Wonderful. Me. And as a leadership coach, based on all your experience, are leaders born or are they made? I think it's a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you can definitely make yourself a leader. I think there are certain traits that some people are born with that make it easier for them to become leaders. Um, but I, I think it's open to everyone. One one thing I'm very interested in at the moment is how systems um, create the conditions for certain people mm-hmm. uh, or certain personality types to rise to the top. And I, I think this is something that um, probably needs more research going forward because uh-huh. it will be a very important part of just leadership in general, um, both on an organizational level and on a political level, mm. but creating the right conditions so that you get the right kind of people in place. Because mm. in a lot of corporations, you see um, that the people sometimes who rise to the top are basically psychopaths mm. sometimes. And not all the time, but if you have an environment where you reward people with big egos mm. and you it's a cutthroat culture, then those are the kinds of people who will rise to the top. Mm. So if you change the conditions, you change the environment, different types of people will rise to the top. Mm. So going back to your question, I think there are some traits that some people are born with that give them an advantage in particular contexts. Mm-hmm. But I believe everyone is capable of developing their own leadership skills and a, a leadership style that will thrive in particular contexts. Well not, not every well context, said. but in particular contexts. Well said. Uh, my next question to you is that, you know, given the amazing background you have had, you know, from working in a coffee shop in the UK to landing up to teach English in China to the corporate world to becoming a coach, how has your own background supported your coaching philosophy, your style, and your values? I think a big part of my background that has helped me a lot is just how how much I was able to learn 
in my early years in China and where that took me from and to. So before I came to China, I was, you know, I had come from a very middle class background in England mm. with a strong culture of complacency. Mm. Um, there's no need to better yourself and, um, you know, why get rich? Why, why work hard? Uh, you see people in sports cars and your first reaction is, oh, well, clearly they're, they're a horrible person. Mm. That's the kind of culture I came from. And that's the kind of culture I brought with me to China. Yeah. And I, the education system I went through, I don't think it really helped me a lot. It, it didn't help me to thrive at all. It, mm. it convinced me I was stupid. Mm. So I came to China as this complacent child mm. who thought they were stupid. And in three months, I surprised myself because I was suddenly conversational in Mandarin. And I thought I was stupid. I had no drive. But in three months, I've become conversational in mm. a language. So, a language so many people say is the hardest language to learn in the world. Correct. And yeah. so that gave me a bit of spark to just go out and do things and try yeah. things. And I guess being a foreigner in China, you are naturally weird anyway. Mm. So it doesn't matter what you do. People are mm. still going to think you're weird. So that just gave me more confidence to just try things try new things and make lots of mistakes mm. like i remember i i once when i was learning mandarin i once spent two hours walking up and down the street just asking random strangers what the time was mm -hmm. and then they'd say something like, did i get that and i go back and check my book and then okay i think i've got it and within two hours i'd learned how to tell the time nice. so that 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 experience mm. of realizing that uh you know I used to think I was stupid and I've just learned something mm -hmm. and doing that through experimenting taught me the value of, of that, of believing in yourself and experimenting, basically learning through playing, mm. trying things, seeing what happens. And so that, that's a mindset I bring with me to my coaching because mm. I find a lot of people in corporations have been kind of institutionalized into thinking that there's one particular way of doing things. I'm not good enough to do this particular thing. This is the only way of doing things. Mm -hmm. So I encourage people to, to play and try something and, and see what happens and, you know, <laughs> believe in yourself a bit more and look back on your achievements and mm -hmm. give yourself the praise that you deserve and, you know, raise your ambitions a little mm -hmm. bit. So that, that's how my background's shaped. Yeah. Fantastic. My next question to you is that, that all of us, Jamie, have uh, had people who influence us in our lives. And a lot of these influences we take into coaching uh, relationships that we have with <clears throat> coaches. How are you shaped by people in your life and how are they influencing you as a coach? I'd say my wife <laughs> has had the biggest influence on me. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a part of... I'd say she's been a big part of that transformation from, from this lazy, complacent, stupid boy to mm. uh, someone with drive. Uh, and a lot of people tell me that they they see me as as having strong drive and being very disciplined. And my wife has definitely helped with that transformation. She has high expectations. Um, she pushes me mm -hmm. and she, uh, she she basically kicks my ass. Mm -hmm. uh, and for some people listening to this they're like 
they're, they're probably thinking, why why would you want to marry that? And that mm-hmm. that's exactly why I why I'd want to marry that because she has made me into a better person. She's mm-hmm. made me into the, you know, she's helped me realize my potential. Mm-hmm. So having her constantly encouraging me, supporting me, and um, pushing me to do even better in my career. Mm-hmm. She has had the, the biggest influence uh, mm-hmm. on my career, I would say, and, and life in general. Fascinating. One more question about coaching, and then I'll move to your books. Uh, you had very nicely articulated the culture that you came from in the UK, and then you came into this culture in China, which is, again, completely different. My question is, what, in your view, is the impact of culture on coaching? Mm. The impact of culture on coaching. So uh, I, I think it, it can impact it can impact things in a lot of ways. Mm. I, I think one thing, one way in which it impacts uh, people is their expectations. Mm. So I find working with Europeans uh, and Americans, for example, they are more aligned with the expectation that you know, the role of a coach is to ask questions mm-hmm. and to help you to reflect and facilitate that. Mm-hmm. In in China, where I work, there's a lot of people I've worked with who expect me to be more of an advisor mm-hmm. um, and, and still do the questioning, et cetera, but they, they run out of patience with that very, very quickly. And I think that comes from probably from Confucian culture where, um, you know, you have this sense of hierarchy and order and the teacher is a very important role in this culture Mm. and Mm. they are right. And if you want to get an answer, go to the teacher. So there's still that mindset in in coaching. Mm. So I think it it influences people's expectations. Um, And yeah, I I, I think as well, probably trust and openness. Mm. Uh, Trust is a very big factor in culture Mm. that i see is very different i notice in a lot of western cultures i go to trust pretty much starts at a hundred percent um you know you are a coach so i trust you Mm. Uh, whereas in china at least i imagine this might be the case in india as well i'm not sure but Mm. in china at least trust doesn't start at a hundred percent it might start at like 20 or 30 percent and you have to build it up and work Mm. very hard to build it up so that process of establishing trust can take a lot longer uh, and just shows the importance of the relationship Mm. uh, part of coaching as well. Well said. Let me now move to your books. You're an author of three books. Uh, Tell me about your books. But before that, tell me, are these books available on Amazon and other platforms? Uh, Yeah, they are available on Amazon, um, all available on Amazon. So um, there's a common thread linking all three of my books Mm -hmm. which is about behavior change um and the first one is called shaping paths how to design and deliver practical training and that started from what i was talking about earlier where i had these chinese participants who were asking me how do you make this practical how do i use this Mm -hmm. and were not happy with the the kind of training i was delivering and so that was a six-year process writing that book Mm. to research how to make things practical and it took me to a lot of different fields around um, user experience design product design all sorts of things around psychology etc and a long story short if you want to make training practical 
design it around tools mm -hmm. like checklists, process templates, etc. Um, that way, the training becomes a lot more streamlined. Everything is about how to use the tool. You've learned how to use the tool, practice using the tool. And then after training, take away the tool and use the tool. And that increases the chances of transfer. Mm. And I find mm. that approach goes down very, very well. Mm. Um, but it took me six years to figure out <laughs> that was how to make training practical. Mm. And that, mm. that got me interested in behavior change because in that process, there was a lot of, a lot of things I read about behavior science and um, habits and, and so on. So as I was starting to write my third book, um, which is about storytelling, mm -hmm. I spent a, a year uh, doing the research and uh, around that book and, and figuring out the ideas I wanted to, to focus on in that book. And I'd got a lot faster at writing books. My first one took me six years. Four of those years were the research process. Now for this book, it's taken me one year to do the research process. Mm. So after I finished the research, I was talking to one of my friends, Yuri, and I told him I've got a lot faster at writing books. And he said, why don't you take that experience and just you know, create an online course or something or, mm. or, or another book telling people how to how to do things faster. Mm. And so I said, okay, I'll take that challenge. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write a book in 24 hours. Mm. And so in early 2021, I locked myself away in a hotel for two days. And um, I, I, I was very active on social media. I had a lot of people following me during this process. Mm. And basically in a, a total of 15 hours, I wrote, edited and published a book. Um, it's a very short book, mm. a lot shorter than uh, than the first book, um, but it was a really, really great experience to write Amazing. that. Amazing, and, and 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 that that book is called Overcome and Get It Done, mm. and it's all about productivity principles and how to change your own behavior. Um, and so after that one, I went back to finish off the uh, the my third book, um, which is called The Story Habit. Mm -hmm. um, and the story habit is all about storytelling, but it's about the bigger picture of storytelling. Because mm. um, I, a few years ago, I had a lot of clients all of a sudden start asking me for storytelling training. It had become this massive buzzword in, in the corporate world. Yeah, I was a little bit confused as to why you want to train engineers to tell stories. Um, surely that would overcomplicate their reports. Mm. And mm. I realized that what they actually want is they want their engineers and anyone they, they have to be able to communicate with more meaning mm. to make whatever message they're getting across stick in people's memories yep. and to help change people's minds and ultimately to drive people to action. Mm. So I, as I was doing a lot of research into storytelling, I realized that the bigger picture of storytelling is um, it's not about how to tell stories. It's mm. about how to influence meaning. Mm. And story is also a metaphor for, how we understand the mm. world around us, mm. our, our understanding of our role in society, um, companies, how money works. These are all stories. Mm. Uh, and so th and there's a lot of parallels between how to tell stories and how these stories work. Correct. So that's the fo focus of the third well book. Said. Uh, well said. So I'm going to ask all our viewers and listeners to go and check out Jamie Dixon's books on Amazon. I'll go and check them out myself. Thank you. Give me my last question to you, and this is for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your own amazing journey and all the 
incredible learnings you've already had and uh, and, I, and you just mentioned you're in the process of moving back to the UK. Mm. What would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from your journey? Mm. I would say one lesson is to remember that we learn by playing. Mm. If you look at children or animals, the only way they learn is by playing. And playing is not necessarily about having fun. Mm. It's about trying new things mm. and seeing what works and mm. just do that. <laughs> That's how I've got um, the most benefits mm. and fastest growth in my life, just by trying new things and seeing Correct. what works. And a lot of things don't work, but some things do work. Correct. So I think that would, be, that would be one lesson. And I think another lesson is... Um, who you think you are mm. is not who you could be. Mm. You, the future you, the you in one year's time, the you in five years time, mm. the you in 10 years time mm. could be so, so different to the you that you think you are right now. So don't let the story that you tell yourself about yourself mm. hold you back from being the self that you can be. Mm. Um, And I think the... I can pick a third lesson I think it would be about it would be about meaning and uh, if you want to influence people in your life which is you know regardless of what age you're at influencing others is mm. going to be an essential skill and the further you go up in your mm. in your career the more you need to influence others mm. and a key skill to influence others is to understand the meaning of things to the people you're trying to influence. Uh, what are their beliefs about this? What are their motivations? Mm. What experience has shaped the meanings that they have about this? And relate to where they're at. Uh, mm. Because if you want to, you know, everyone has their own story about the way things are. Mm. And if you want to shape that story, you have to learn that story first. Learn what things mean to people. And mm. then you can start shaping that Wonderful. And on that note, uh, Jamie, and your three amazing lessons, which is the first one you said was we learn by playing, try new things and see what works. Second one you said was who you think you are is not who you could be, which is such a powerful statement. And the third one is to influence people. You need to understand the meanings of what is relevant to others. Uh, thank you so much for speaking to me about your own journey. Thank you for speaking to me about coaching. Thank you for sharing with me so much more information about your own books. Thank you also for explaining to me how important storytelling is in the lives of everybody. Thank you again for speaking to me and good luck with your move back to the UK. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.